Welcome to the Life Launch Podcast. My name is Heather Borsma. I'm a certified business coach who helps mama entrepreneurs double their business with more heart and less hustle. Want to learn how? Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Life Launch Podcast. And today I'm very excited that we are interviewing Chrissy Powers. I've been like fangirling her for a while on Instagram and we have some mutual friends and I reached out and she was kind enough to say yes to come on the podcast. Chrissy is a therapist and she's also a trauma-informed coach, a mom, and an aspiring poet. I would love to hear more of that, Chrissy. Um, But welcome here. Thanks for saying yes to coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm laughing because I just added that to my bio like a week ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Well, now I'm a poet because I'm like, well, I kind of am. I've been writing a lot lately this year. Yeah, that's incredible. I'm so glad that you're here. And I'm so glad that I get the chance to pick your brain on all things emotional health. And I love actually on a personal level, I love that you come from a faith background. A lot of the women listening to this podcast do have that faith background. And I loved actually today when I was reading your bio and it said faith expansion. And I was like, oh, what a beautiful way of saying it. Because I feel like there's kind of these two fields right now. And this isn't even what I wanted to talk to you about, but here we are of like either people being like mad at the church and like, I want nothing to do with that. Or like all in on like this really strange version of what it is right now. And what does it mean to like be somewhere in the middle of that? You're someone that I kind of have looked to as I've navigated that part of my journey. So yeah, I just appreciate that you speak to those things. Thank you for that. That feels really warm and encouraging because I think people are afraid sometimes of that word or they're afraid of, I think there's like deconstruction and then there's reconstruction or there's not anything, you know, and you just believe what you're told. And so personally, I went through that, that period of being angry and I was like, this doesn't feel good. I don't want to stay here forever. And I, Mm. Anytime I questioned beliefs or systems that didn't feel good or work for me, I just didn't ever want to lose my faith. I just, Mm -hmm. I always knew I wanted to have faith and a faith that felt good in my bones, that felt like this is what it's about. And I always attributed that to Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and love. Mm -hmm. And so when I put that in my bio, it felt very real and I mm. felt good and I didn't want to put deconstruction or reconstruction. I wanted to put that it's okay to expand your faith. Yeah. I really love that. And it puts language to a feeling that so many people have so mm. many women I think have. Mm. So thank you for that. And I think that ties into the conversation because a lot of what I see in my clients and women that are in my community is that they're as they step into like these things that they feel put on the planet to do either like a business idea or a book or an organization they want to start. There's a lot of resistance that comes up in us, right? And some of it comes from that background of faith and believing that like it's better to be small and it's better to serve and it's better to give and earning money, like especially making a lot of money, like that's not, that's not a good idea, right? Like that's going to make you evil and selfish. So this is the stuff that kind of comes up for a lot of my clients as they're 
growing their businesses and stepping into their dreams. And today I would love to explore with you some ways that we as women can acknowledge our feelings and integrate our our emotions into the process and understand how to do that, how to do all of this from love, but also not holding back, not playing small, being willing to make waves, make money, make impact. Have you experienced that where you've seen women not knowing what to do with all those emotions that come up on their journey to like living out their calling? Totally. I mean, so many different emotions and um, a lot of times our emotions come from a belief that no longer works for us or lack of representation or lack of belief that you could actually, that, you know, I, oftentimes we have this image of a woman that makes good money as sort of like the bitch, you know, mm. she's just going to overpower men and, you know, and that actually is not helpful for us because you don't have to become that. You can actually have a balanced masculine and feminine energy. You can work like a woman and still make good money, but you have to look at the beliefs you're holding unconsciously or consciously Mm -hmm. um, in order to break through some of those emotions that are attached to them. For instance, personally, I had a limiting belief. Um, I had lots of emotions around like or frustration around how do I make more money? And I was doing this manifestation course um, around unblocking some beliefs towards money. And I realized that I never had a woman that was a good mother that also worked growing up that I knew. I never knew moms that worked. I was in a very Mm. small community, um, you know, very small church. And all of the really good moms were stay-at-home moms because it just wasn't the culture at the time. But And the one mom I knew that worked lived on our street and she was never around. And so we always had her son at our house. And I realized, oh my gosh, that I never even had a model for what it's like to be a good mom who also works and makes good money. Hmm. So for me, I had to find expanders of that, which is helpful to unblock some of those beliefs is like, well, now I need to prove to myself and my subconscious that that's actually possible. I can still be a really good mom and I can make really good money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the emotion that you felt like? How did that kind of come up into your awareness for you to be able to explore it? Mm, most of my emotions are frustration or um, a fear of not being good enough, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel a lot of frustration. <laughs> That's a big one for me too. Let's say a woman listening is like, yeah, I can relate to that. Not that exact version of it, but like I'm noticing a ton of frustration coming up in my pursuit of my business or in my work-life balance what, what's kind of the first step? Like, if you don't feel like you have the tools to like find those limiting beliefs, like what, what would you kind of suggest a woman to do as a starting point? Oh, always acceptance. Start with Mm. acceptance acceptance of what you feel without judgment. Mm -hmm. So when we judge things, we say, oh, I'm so frustrated. This sucks. I can't do anything right. So that last comment of I can't do anything right is a judgment. Instead, you can say, oh, I'm so frustrated. Okay, I'm frustrated. All right, let's work with that. Why am I frustrated? What's attached to it? So there's a different 
energy that comes with that second thought. Without judgment, you can do something with it. With judgment, you're resisting the emotion. And resistance never helps us. So sometimes we in in therapy with a client, I will look at the resistance. So even if you have resistance, you can just say, okay, I'm resisting this emotion. Why am I resisting this emotion? Mm. Scares me. Why does it scare me? Because I'm afraid of this. Okay, why am I afraid of that? So you follow it like a thread. Mm -hmm. And it leads to somewhere. It's rooted somewhere in us. Mm-hmm. And so I always say, start with acceptance first, that it's okay to feel what you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a symptom. It's a signpost. It's a clue to what the answer is. You right. Be brave enough to follow it. Yeah, that's so good. It's like acceptance. And then it sounds like after that is kind of curiosity yes. as well, right? Like, let's just be so fascinated by the fact that this is coming up. Uh, I wonder for me, what kind of kept me from being curious was like, I felt like my emotions were bad and were like lying to me. Like it always felt so charged. Heart is deceitful and the emotions are lying to you and you just need to slap some truth on there. Why doesn't that work? Why doesn't it work to just like slap a truth on an emotion? Yeah. Um, I would call that spiritual bypass, (laughs) which we say that a lot Um, in Christianity or faith. We say like, just give it to God. And it's like, well, okay, I can do that, but it keeps coming back. Mm. And emotions have a way of doing that if we spiritually bypass them. Mm. Um, So it might be a lie, right? Like you might feel worthless, And that might be a lie, but you have to feel it in order to heal it. Mm. And so feeling it looks like letting it run its course, like letting it be what it is once again, without judgment so that you can heal it. Once again, it is also a symptom or a clue to something bigger. So like, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Why do I feel that way? Wow. I was never told that I was worth something growing up or I was, I'm just using that as an example you know, or maybe this event in my life really made me feel unworthy. Okay, let's talk about that event. Mm. Let's go and reparent that event or, mm-hmm. you know, do some sort of therapy or talk or process around that so that you can have a breakthrough. Um, so yeah, that's why it doesn't work to just slap a, a label on it and say, well, that's not true. Don't believe that. Right. You said, feel it to heal it. And I'm like, I feel like I should have heard that at some point in my life, but I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that before. (laughs) We'll probably hear it now everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm like, that's a good one. It's so simple, Mm -hmm. but it it's lost on a lot of us because I, what I always say to my clients in my community is you can have anything you want. If you're willing to feel your feelings, Like that is usually the one thing standing between you and anything that you want in your business, in your relationships, in your health, anything. And I think the reason that we then experience some of this frustration as we're moving towards the goal in our business, let's say, is because the feelings come up and we don't want to address them. We're like, no, this is business. Like business isn't about emotions. Business is about putting your nose down doing your work, looking at the data. Why is emotion such an important part of business? 
do you think? Um, I think because emotions oftentimes connect us to our worthiness or our lack of worthiness. Hmm. So, um, and anytime our worthiness is not intact, you will not manifest what you want. Hmm. Or if it's attached to your ego, Hmm. uh, it will be very superficial and it won't help you to get to that next level or to publish that book. Or if it's attached to your ego, it will not end up being what you want it to be. So that's why emotions specifically are really good to look at and feel because they help you to heal that wound or that negative belief about yourself in order so that you can get more in touch with your worthiness. Right. Let's say someone listening is like, okay, I've been stuck at like this certain level of revenue, or I've been stuck at this certain number of followers on Instagram. Cause that's like a huge part of most people's businesses that I work with now, or they're feeling stuck at some threshold, mm-hmm. right? What would you say is like the process, like using emotions? Because I, I want to talk about the idea of like emotions as fuel for our business. Like they can actually help us grow our business. Like it's not just something you have to get past to get there. It's actually something that can help support you to get there. How do they figure out why they're stuck? Like, let's say they can't break a certain income bracket. Where do they start the process of figuring out why other than just strategy? Mm, that's a really good question. And I'm asking kind of selfishly, you know, I'm, I know I'm like, <laughs> how did you know? I feel stuck right now. <laughs> um, you know what? This is so great because I recently have been feeling stuck. And so for me, my emotions around stuckness are frustration and burnout. And now mm. when I look at that, I realized through looking at the emotion of burnout and frustration that I'm doing too much. Mm. And I recently was talking to a friend about it and I was like, I'm just so frustrated and I'm burnt out and I'm tired. And he said, he's our good friend, David, right? He said, Chrissy, you need to do less better. And I said, Oh my gosh, I, you're so right. I do. Mm. And then he's like, what lights you up? And I was trying to be everything for everybody in my business because I could. And I was like, yeah, I know that I can do that. I can coach you on that. Mm. And he's like, but what really lights you up is embodiment. And I was like, yeah, like that's what I'm craving. I want more women to come into my coaching program and I want to do a group coaching program. And he's like, there you go. And I was like, okay. Mm. So now I'm sort of switching to really focusing on my embodiment program. And that I feel like was a breakthrough and really helped me get unstuck. Yeah. I answered your question. But no, it really did. It it did because thank you, David Wright, first yeah. of all, for making us friends and yeah. a little bit of wisdom. Yeah. Do less better. Yeah. That really ties into a conversation I had with another mutual friend who is a really good friend of David Summer as well. Her name's Rochelle. And she and I were talking about how value, because often we talk about in business, like business is an exchange of money for value. So like the more value we're we're offering through solving problems and helping people with whatever it is, then they're going to pay you for it. And I was talking about feeling stuck and frustrated in my business. Like I'm not seeing the the traction that I want to see. And she asked me a very similar question. She was like, who is the most authentic version of you in your business? That is the thing that is most valuable. 
is the most authentic version of you. And here I was trying to logically strategize how to get to the next level. It's got to be this program at this price set in this language with this Facebook ad, with these numbers, and then I'll get there as opposed to I've stopped saying the things I actually want to say. Perfect example. Of what I also feel. Yeah. And that, like all those things you said, like Facebook ads and all these things, the strategies have a place, but the first thing that has to come is the authenticity and the value. Right. And that's what I kind of feel like a lot of us get stuck in is we lose that because we get caught up in the systems or Mm -hmm. this person's doing that or, okay, now I have to create a reel like that person. And it's like... Mm -hmm lose touch of what we're actually saying and doing in the world. And um, it's okay. It's just a reset. If you get stuck, it's just an invitation to stop and pause and to look at it. Mm-hmm. And that's how we get unstuck. Right. You get, so I use this Chinese finger trap analogy all the time in therapy and coaching. You know, those Chinese finger traps, when you put your finger in them and you pull against it, the more stuck you get. Mm. You don't get out of a Chinese finger trap by pulling against it. You get out of it by giving into it Mm. and you get release. Right. So I feel like in business and in coaching and in therapy, whenever you have an emotion or a feeling of stuckness, when you give into it and you stop fighting it, that's when you find the answer. Just sort of like what you and I both talked about is finally saying, I'm stuck. I'm not getting to that next level that I know I can get at. What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we, and there we answered the question. <laughs> so the frustration, it's something to lean into. And that's, I think what we're so afraid of. I think what happens is we imagine that feeling an emotion is going to take so long and take us so deep that we might not ever come out and we might end up in an endless pity party. And it's actually the opposite of that. When we resist feeling the emotion, it turns into the big, deep, dark hole that we may never come out of, right? But like, why do you think we're so resistant to actually feeling it, to like creating that space, like you said, to like lean in, give in, surrender? Why are we so freaking afraid of that? Because we're not good at doing it, one. Um, You can become good at doing it. I've become very good at feeling my feelings and moving through them much quicker. Um, And we don't like discomfort. So we're wired, our brains literally are wired to do the most comfortable thing. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's hard to change. It's possible, but we're just afraid because it feels uncomfortable and we're wired to stay where we're at. But no, like, okay, no, I don't have to stay here. I can challenge that thought. I can change it, even if it's uncomfortable or I can... um, you know, I've been doing ice baths recently and I hate them, but I also love them. But and it's like, I've gotten better at doing them because I know I can do it. Right. But the first time when you step into it, it's just like everything in your body says, don't do this. You're crazy. Yeah. But the more you do it, the better you get at it. Right. Just saying, yeah, I can handle this. I can handle this discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. You talked earlier about ego. And I want to kind of explore that a little bit more because I think there's like this authentic version of ourselves that really wants to express ourselves. And then there's like this ego that's like, this is what success looks like, looks like these things. 
like how do we stay connected to our authentic self and not get caught up in that ego part of us that's like I just want the numbers and the um sales and whatever as like a validation of who I am and that I'm good enough and that this is working like how do we stay connected to the authentic self in that yeah um it's definitely a practice and it's okay to be caught up in your ego sometimes but it what's the practice is noticing and witnessing it mm. witnessing your ego when your ego sort of tries to take the wheel or you're caught up like I now like to practice not getting attached to likes on Instagram because I create content there. And so I'm like, wow, I'm really getting um, comfortable with the discomfort of creating something and not having as many people see it as they used to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cause I don't, it's, I'm not making my money off that anymore. I'm, if one person sees that and then wants to work with me, great. But my worth and how I feel about myself can no longer be attached to that mm. because that is just sort of like a, a candy. It's like short-lived mm. and it's not real. So whether it's good or bad, you just don't want to be attached to it. So mm. practicing non-attachment and practicing witnessing your ego um, when it says like, oh, good job. You feel, you feel good about yourself today. That was a really good thing. I like to check it and say, yes, but even if it didn't, you're still worthy. You still know. Uh, who you are and what you do and what you offer the world is still wonderful and beautiful. Mm. And when you go into business or anything that you're creating with that intact, then you will manifest that next thing or that next client or that book or just coming back to like my worth cannot be attached to, you know, how well I do that month financially. Hmm. Oh, that's such a hard one though, Chrissy, because when you're doing well financially, it feels so damn good. (laughs) You know what? It's an invitation to surrender too, because Mm -hmm. there are some months that aren't as good. But if we like lived according to that, you know, we're going into recession or we have, we just come out of a pandemic. And if we attached our worthiness or our feelings of like, feeling good about life and ourselves um, because of, you know, what we're experiencing economically, you know, that's just a really good way to like burn out and to really get misguided. I find that it's like been part of my maturing as a CEO to practice that non-attachment and to let go of like sales as validation likes as validation, leads as validation, and to really keep that more in the category of like data. And that's actually where data is really helpful for me is to be like, no, this is information that I can use to see what's resonating, what's not, what's connecting, what's not, how to say these things. But what's not in question is my worth, my identity, my ability, and keeping those two things separate has been really challenging, honestly, but super helpful and freeing um, because then I can just show up and do the work. And it also gives me the freedom then to lean more into that authentic place Mm -hmm. and to create from there rather than creating to get this result, this external result. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. There's a beautiful quote by Mel Robbins. Um, 
that I'm going to botch it, but the essence is that the most peaceful people in her life or that she knows are the ones that have made room for their creativity and then their, you know, messiness. They've made room for their shame and they've made room for, you know, the things they've accomplished well. So it's basically those people that say, yes, it's both and. I had a bad month financially and I'm still worthy and next month could be better. Like it's just making space for it all, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think why we don't want to do that is because of what you said earlier, the discomfort of that, because we really like, and this even ties back into the faith conversation. We really like to think that it's either, or it's right or wrong. And this is another one that comes up for me. Um, and I think for my clients sometimes is if, if it was what God wanted me to do, then it would work. <laughs> right? Then it would grow. Then it would be doing well. And if it's not doing well, maybe I'm being redirected to something else where it will be easier, will work better. So I think that's that dualistic way of thinking is really under a lot of that where we're like not able to hold the tension of messy and wonderful. Yeah. That tension is really hard to live in. Yeah. And yeah, we are quick to want to say, well, then, you know, maybe God's not in that or Mm -hmm. uh, we, our brains can sometimes become dichotomous and we swing on the pendulum from this to that. And I just encourage my clients all the time to say, you know, look for the gray. Where's the gray? Because there's gray. It's not, it's not black and white. And maybe you do need to pivot a little bit, but also... What is your desire saying? What is your passion saying? Because that is innately, you know, in my opinion, God-given. So mm-hmm. I, we look to that. Um, but yeah, just because something's wor- not working doesn't mean it's not from God. Mm, that's good. Okay. Something I've been exploring lately is I have been working with my clients to like feel their feelings, especially their uncomfortable feelings. But something that I realized that I was not doing was creating space for helping my clients to feel the good feelings, which can also be very uncomfortable for people. So do you have any thoughts on like how we can use the good feelings as fuel in our business and lean into that more? Oh, that's such a good thought. Yeah. In one of my courses, I created, I have a brag about yourself worksheet because Mm. don't take time to do that that often. Mm -hmm. We don't want to look at the things that we've done well a lot of times, or we don't want to give ourselves credit. Um, So I would just say, practice it, practice giving yourself like a pat on the back when you respond to your kids rather than react, or you take a breath and um, not judge yourself be your own cheerleader. We Mm -hmm. have to be our own cheerleaders. You know, other people, it feels great when we're recognized by our partners and our friends and our clients and whatever, but it really does have to come from within first to be that overflow to other people. So Mm -hmm. I would just say, make it a practice. I think it's so cute when we see kids doing daily affirmations, Mm -hmm. but it's not just for kids. It's for us. And we Mm -hmm. need practice it and make it a daily practice where you look in the mirror and you say the things to yourself that you actually want to believe. 
Mm-hmm. That's so good. And what's the difference between like validation to the ego and then the like celebration of the authentic self? Like, do you think there's some things that can help us distinguish between those two? Yes. Anytime you want something out of your ego, it's going to feel like I want validation. I used to do this all the time with my friend that was doing the manifestation work with me. And I said, gosh, why can't I just reach a hundred thousand followers on Instagram? I've been on this app for like eight years and I've seen all these people grow and I can't. And she's like, Chrissy, you're never going to get it that way. You are all in your ego. You want that hundred K because it would make you feel good. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And so I, even though it was coming from my ego, I think it's okay to want that, but I had to get to a better place where I let go of actually needing it. Right. Yes. Like I essentially didn't need it anymore to validate me or my work. Mm. So I took the pressure off of it to say, you know what? You're right. If I never reach that, I still will know that I did a good job or mm. I cultivated a community online and I... Uh, created a thriving private practice. That's the goal, not the 100K. That's just a number. Mm -hmm. For instance, I do a lot of like embodiment work with women and so many of us women have issues with body image and sexuality and sensuality. And so the goal for us so many, for, you know, our generation like was like a number on a scale or a pant size. And I've, you know, gone through that myself where... I get, I'd be like, no, what is the ultimate goal here? The goal is to feel good in my body and to live a good life and to, you know, what lights me up, travel, relationships, doing meaningful work. That's the goal. I can do that whether my pant size is a size two or a size 12. Mm -hmm. I have to change my mindset. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, the ego wants what it wants because it thinks it needs that in order to feel good. But when the authentic self takes place, she's the one that says, Oh honey, we don't need that. Hmm. We don't need that. And I, in archetypal work with women, that is the wise woman in us. Hmm. And we all have that. We right. just tap into it. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I was getting coached yesterday and I had this, kind of aha moment where I realized I'd been judging myself on the things that are out of my control and also defining success by the things that were out of my control. Mm -hmm. And what a crappy thing that was to do to myself. You know, if I hit this revenue goal, or if I hit this number on Instagram, or if I hit this pant size, or if I whatever, which is at the end of the day, there's a piece of that that's out of control. Like we we can't control the outcome always. Then I would be withholding, like being proud of myself. But then I was like, oh, I can measure my success based on the things that are in my control, which is how I show up to yeah. my business, how I show up for my clients, the consistency that I, and the heart that I bring to my work, going out and working out and like actually doing something for my body and for my health. That's the measure of success. And that's the thing I want to be proud of in myself and celebrate in myself. So I think that just popped into my head while you were talking. I was like, yes, we have to stop 
We have to stop defining success by the things that are out of our control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in business, that's hard to do because the business world is a very masculine world and it's very measured by external things that aren't in our control. Yeah. How do we rewire that? Let's have a quick conversation about that. I'm like, we can do a whole another podcast on how to work. That's another topic. I'm like, I want to talk about the masculine and feminine business with you. And I want to talk about embodiment and business with you. (laughs) This is so good. I really appreciate your perspective. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy woman. So it means a lot to me that you were willing to share from your experience and your wisdom with me and my audience. How can people find you if they want to connect with you more? Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I yeah. love questions like this. And you can contact me through my website, just chrissypowers.com or on Instagram. I'm at Chrissy J Powers. And I sometimes get to my DMs, but you could also like find my website there too. So the website might be the best way. Yeah, or if you're just Hey, I want to work with you. Email me at chrissypowersmft at gmail.com. Amazing. I'll put all those things in the description so that people can find you. And thanks again, Christy. This was such a great conversation. I'm encouraged. I think a lot of women listening will be too. So thanks much Heather for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found it helpful, follow along and give us a quick review so that we can get the more heart, less hustle message into the hands of more women. And if you want to take this work even deeper, come check out Life Launch. It's my monthly coaching membership where we take all of these ideas and we apply them to your life so you can get the incredible results for yourself. Check it out at heatherborsma.com. We'll see you next week.